And so I had the best of every world this year. So my mom, my mom makes my favorite dressing, okay? So I had that at noon. I stocked up. I, I did the extra portion for my mom's dressing. And then my turkey is the best. I'm, t- I'm sorry. I'm not mad about it. My turkey is the best. You can ask J.D. He ate some this year. My turkey is the best. And, my, <laughs> and Sam's family, the desserts are off the hook. It's amazing. So have you ever wanted to go to Brahms and get the cheeseburger, McDonald's and get the fries, and then get that Sonic drink? Come on, somebody. I had the best. It was like it was the buffet of ever. Like I just got to go up and set it, set it multiple tables this Thanksgiving, and I was so thankful. And God started speaking to me about the table. And so I want to talk to you this morning about, uh, about the seat, uh, seat at the table is what I, is what I, uh, I got to get back on point here, make sure that none of that was in here. Of all the things I have in there, none of that was in here. So, uh, so it's been a wild year and I just, I, God started speaking to me about the table and, and I'm going to be honest, I, I thought of, uh, I did, I was able to be a, a part, I was honored to be a part of uh, Glenda's mother's uh, going home service and, and, and that was one of the things that was a theme is that that granny, as I, I adopted her, she was my granny. Uh, so uh, I, I never even got the opportunity to meet her. But when, I, when, I, when we started talking about her, it was some of the things it says. She, she understood that by sitting down and breaking bread with one another, it could fix any problem. That we could still sit at the table even though we see stuff different. It's like, man, that's powerful. And so I, I just, God started bringing that back. And, he, and I ended up building a message off of it this week. But, but, and that was really cool, but... One of, the, one of the greatest things that, that I think, I don't know if it was Guy or Glenda, they said, she was everybody's granny. He said, everybody had a seat at her table. And how, God, how Christ-like is that, that everybody's got a seat at the table? So, um, so I just started thinking, you know, I have, you know, I, th- I think in life we're all looking for our place, right? Like we're all looking for that place that we fit. I mean, there's 80 churches in Omogi. Why? Because everybody's trying to find their niche and everybody's trying to find their place and they're trying to, we're searching for this thing that, of, of where we fit. I think 80 is a little much for a town our, our, our size, but still. But people, we're, we're just, ultimately, we're just searching. I know my whole life I was trying to figure out where I fit. I was trying, I was trying to figure out my place in business, my place in, the, in, my, in my family. I was trying to figure out my place in purpose, like what am I here for? And so, so, I, so I had the honor this year to sit at many different tables. I said I have a place at the Spurgeon table because I'm married to Pastor Sam, right? And so, so I, have, I, I, I have a seat at my own table because I paid for that thing, right? <laughs> I have a seat at my parents' table because I worked for him all those years. No, I'm teasing. Uh, but because I was born into the family, right? So I have, I have, a, I have a seat. I have many friends in my life. Uh, you guys know me. I've never met a stranger, but I have many close friends. I'm blessed. You know, there's, I, th- I think if you have five true friends in your lifetime, you've done something really incredible. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm not talking about people you like, even people you hang out with. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about people that you can just be you. That was the same when you, was, when you were, when you were a, an idiot as you were when you were in church. Those people, and so I have, I have probably 
There's probably three left, but I got probably three places that I know that, that have been through seasons. I'm talking about those true friendships that were, now I have a lot of friends that I, I believe I have a seat at their table today, but it's not everybody that I know ha, has had my back in multiple different seasons. And so I, I'm very blessed for that. I have friends that unannounced I can come and sit No, ask no questions. Man, I want to come to dinner tonight. All right, come on. Or I can just show up and knock on the door. And so I'm thankful for all those tables, but the, but the table that I'm most thankful for is my seat at God's table. My seat at the table of the king. Because, see, my, my, my seat at the Spurgeon table is contingent. You understand that, right? Like there's contingencies on my seat at the, at the Spurgeon table. Like if I'm not married to that woman anymore, it'd be a little weird to go to Thanksgiving, right? And so ultimately, my seat at the Spurgeon table is based upon my performance as a husband. If she's mad at me and we're separated, I don't have a seat at her family's table right now. Because why? Because I've not treated her ba their baby girl like I'm supposed to. So that table is contingent. Contingent simply means that it is based upon a, a, an agreement. You got a seat at my table as long as you are married to my, to my, to my little girl. Now... My, my situation is a little different because she and I split up one time. We were dating, and her, her nana and pop-pop, which is, I call him pop-pop. Nobody else calls him pop-pop. But he called me, and he's like, hey, I just wanted you to know he's amazing. He said, hey, I just wanted you to know no matter what happens with you and Sam, you always have a seat at my table. So I, I, that's a little bit of an exception uh, just because they love me, and they're amazing. They've treated me like family from day one. So I'm, I'm, I'm super blessed to have great, great in-laws. But... But, but, but that, that seat at that table is, uh, is contingent. So let's be real. The seat at my own table is contingent. If I ain't got the money to put food on the table, if I'm not, if I'm not performing, my seat at my own table, if I'm not doing, uh, again, if I'm not doing what, if I'm not meeting my portion of the covenant, we're going to get back into that Wednesday night, don't miss that, uh, to this woman, then I also lose a, lose a seat at the table in my own home. It's based off of performance. As bad as I, as I, don't, as I don't want to admit it, it's, I have to do some things to maintain my spot at my own table. Sadly enough, my, my spot at, the, at my parents' table is contingent. That one hits a little hard because I, I, even, my, even my own parents, even some of your own parents, you have a seat at the table as long as you're making decisions they want you to make. Come on, we've all been through that season. We've been through those college years when we were making some dumb decisions, and Daddy said, no, nah, uh-uh. As long as you got that little girl coming over, you ain't, you ain't got a seat at my table. So come on, it's, a, it's contingent. It's based upon performance of some sort. Even some of those closest friends, I told you I got three to five left. I started with 10 to 15. So the, the seat at my, t at my friend's table is contingent. Because we all know that, that we see things differently at times. They're like, man, I can't sit at your table no more. Sometimes I remove myself from the table because that table is not what I want to be a part of anymore. Or, or they're like, hey, I got a family now, man. I can't, you can't bring all that crazy stuff to my, my, my table. I love you. I know, you're, I know you're a great person inside, but as long as you're high, you can't come around my children. 
That's my house. That's my table. There's a standard that's set with my table. Now, it's different than my church. Come on, God's table is different. There's, there's, there's no prerequisite. And although I'm thankful for all those seat, uh, at all those tables, they're, they're contingent upon whether I do certain things or do not do certain things at those tables. Sometimes the seats at those tables are no longer available to me. So with that being said, I'm most thankful for my seat at God's table. You see, my seat at God's table is one that I did not earn. My seat at God's table is one that I do not deserve. I got no place sitting at God's table. If, 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 if we were in a country where, where we had a king, let's just, let's just say the president, do you, do you think that all of us have a seat at the president's table on Thanksgiving? No. My seat at God's table is like, man, I don't deserve this one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done, so we can't boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. Come on, it's a free gift. It's not based upon my performance. It's not based upon what I do or do not do. It's, 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 the, it's based upon my belief system. It's based upon grace. And this is where we're failing the church people. I'm try, I, I don't want to get too far into this today, but this is where the church is saying, no, 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 you got to do this to sit at God's table. We got to address that. Why, why did he say you got to, he said, it's, it's all about, about me believing it's not a certain way I talk. It's not a certain way I look. It's not a certain way. It's not by my works, but it's by my grace, my unmerited favor. So what? Why, what, why is there a per, what? what is my purpose for being at God's table so I can do the things God planned for me? He said, I, I gave you this seat at the table as soon as you believe because I've got something for you. I'm preparing something for you. Just as your mama is, and prepared the turkey and dressing, God has prepared things for you, but he will, you'll never get those things until you sit at the table. The turkey mama made, the dressing, that cherry pie at the Spurgeon family. Pecan pie, her nana makes the best pecan pie. Oh, my God. Coleman's can't even warm her up. Those things are amazing. But can I tell you, through my personal walk, there's, there's nothing that compares to my seat at God's table. So I want, I, want to, I want to insert some, some scriptures here real quick. Um, Acts 16, 30 and 31, this is the jailer speaking to Paul and Silas after, after they, they locked up below the prison. They start praising God and, and God shakes the whole foundations of the prison and, and, the, and the chains come off, the doors swing open. In Acts 16, 31, the, the jailer says, Sirs, what do I got to do to be saved? He said, wait, wait, wait. Your God just delivered you from the pit of the prison. You ain't even in the, you ain't even in the regular jail. You're under the jail. He said, what do I got to do to get a seat at the table? You're setting that. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. They didn't say you got to pray six hours a day. You got to quote 35 scriptures. Every time you stump your toe, you can't cuss or you, you lose your seat at the table. That seat at God's table has no contingencies. So all you people that tell me that I got to live a certain way to be able to sit at this table, that's the powerful. You're taking the power out of the table. 
taking the power of that. Yes, why do, I, why do I make changes in my life? Because I'm, I am trying to please the one that allowed me to sit at the table. But as far as my seat at the table, it's not based upon my performance. That's why it's the most valuable table in my life. Because the days where, the, the days, the days when I'm not measuring up, even as a pastor, the days when I fail as a human being, the days when I fail God in my personal life, I still got a seat at this table. John 5, 24, he said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God, in, in the God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. So when the church puts all that qualification stuff on sitting at God's table, just miss me with that because that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. Because God, God's table is the only one that I didn't have to earn my seat at. It's the only one. I know it's a serious, it's a serious message today, but another reason so I'm, that I'm so thankful for my seat at God's table is that it'll never be held over my head and it'll never be taken away from me. Too long the church has preached that every time I mess up, I lose, the, I lose my salvation. I've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard people say, I don't even know if that dude's saved anymore. Really? Romans 8.35 says, can anything separate me from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or are threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loves us. So I am convinced that nothing can separate me from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons Neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell itself can separate me from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is, created, that is revealed to me in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can't, you can't conjure up enough drugs to keep me away from God's love. Nothing that will ever be created from this world removes me from my seat at the table. you got to stop telling people that their seat at the table is like the seat at your table. Because the seat at your table has some prerequisites to it. It's contingent upon how you act, how you talk, all these things. And I'm not knocking you for that. That's your right. That's your home. you got to protect your kids from certain things. I have rules in my own home. But I'm saying when it comes to God's table, when it comes to God's table, you got to take all that away. He said, nothing, nothing, not drugs, nothing, not pornography, nothing, not homosexuality, nothing, not lust, nothing. You say, well, you're talking about his love in that scripture. John 3, 16, 17 says, for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son not into the world to, to judge the world but to save the world through him. It's the sacrifice in John 3, 16 that gave me a seat at the table. So it's all about his love. So anytime you see the, the, the love of God, it was, it, was the, it was the catalyst. It was the thing that he said, the joy that was set before him. This dude's getting beat. He said, but, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the shame. He took the pain. Why? Because he knew at one time. If I'll do this now, I can sit at a table with you later. 
We've got to quit putting prerequisites on God's table. It's not. That's what makes it so powerful. That's why it's, so, it's, it's such a blessing in my life. Because, look, I know there's certain things I can't do at Dwayne Osbert's house. There's certain things that if I'm in a bad season of my life, I can't, I don't have my seat at that table. And rightfully so, that's his prerogative. I'm not saying he's wrong for it. But when we're talking about representing Christ, and we're talking about the love of God, the church, there should always be a seat of, at God's table in the church for people. I don't care if you're drunk. I don't care if you're high. I don't care, I don't care if you're a child molester. You're like, oh, my God, for real? Yeah. Everybody, why? Because nothing can separate me. I don't condone those things. But it's not my job to police them either. Nothing takes my seat at God's table. And I have to add something in here because we have to be careful not to get into a hypergrace situation. It doesn't mean that because I have a seat at God's table, I go and live a life, I can do anything, and I get high and I do drugs. I believe that I can, if I know, if I know that I'm not supposed to do things while I'm sitting at God's table, I try my best not to do those things. Because I do believe, they say, well, can you lose salvation? I don't think by performance you can lose salvation, but I think you can get up and walk away from the table. And that's your choice. That's your choice. He said, I've laid before you life and death. Choose life. But I can't make that choice for you. And we have some people that have sat at the table, and they have chose to get up and turn their back on God and walk out. Nobody took your seat at the table. You chose that. When you stop trying your best, when you stop trying to love him and serve him, when you stopped accepting his love and stopped accepting his help and, stopped and, and, and started all this stuff, then, then you forfeited your seat at the table. Nobody took it from you. You forfeited. I, so I believe, yeah. Can you, can you walk away from salvation? Yeah, you can, sever, you, you can sever that umbilical cord that is the love of God. You can walk away from that. That's your choice. You know, there's, a, there's a place in Rome that's talking about I, that God gave people up to a reprobate mind. Believe what you want. If you don't want to believe in me, now, I'm not, it, it's, not, it's not the performance. Now, here's what we're saying. We're saying this, this seat at the table is not contingent upon my performance. It's not because I chose to do things that I know God likes. It doesn't like. It says, how do I lose my seat at the table? There's one way to lose your seat of salvation that you don't believe anymore. I don't even believe there's a God anymore. Now, this is hard because you go, Pastor, you once saved, always saved? Pretty much. Because how can I be born again? I can't, I can't enter back into my mother's womb. I can't be born again. I can't, I can't be born twice in the spirit. Now, I can squash this. I can dig the seed up. I can dig that seed of salvation up. But the devil and some church people, if I'll be honest, are, trying, are constantly trying to remind you of the things that disqualify from you from the table. That's what happens in Luke chapter 7. I'm going to go to... I'm going to read this in the message translation. I just like the way it ends here. It says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus over for a meal. He went into the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then, a woman of the village, the town harlot. That's a prostitute, if you don't know what that is. The town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in his home of the Pharisees, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume and stood at his feet, weeping and raining tears on his feet, letting her hair down. She dried his feet, kissed them, and anointed them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited, invited him over saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, the prophet that I thought he was, he would know who this woman was, who's fallen all over him. Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. 
He said, oh, ain't that the church? Oh, you got something to tell me? I'm about to hold you accountable. Oh, you got something to tell me? I love the question mark there. Oh, you got something to say? He said two men, two men were in debt to a banker. One owned 500, 500 silver pieces, the other 50. Neither of them could pay up. And so the banker canceled both debts. Which one was more grateful? Pharisee answered, I suppose the one that had been forgiven the most. He said, that's right. He said, then turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he ain't even look, I, I ain't even looking at you no more. I ain't worried about you church people. I'm focused on this one right here. He's still talking to you. He's still talking to the church. But his focus is now changed from, I'm not worried about the, I'm not, I'm not talking to you religious people right now. I'm focused on this person. He said, I'm turning, turning from the woman to speaking to Simon. He said, do you see this woman? I came to your house. You provided no water for my feet. But she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, from, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? He said, this, is, this impresses me. How many want to impress God? He said, it's impressive, isn't it? Because she understands something you don't understand. He said, she was forgiven many, many, many sins. So she's very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. Then he spoke to her. I forgive your sins. That set the dinner guest talking behind his back. Who does he think he is forgiving sins? Verse 50 is my favorite verse. He said, it says, he ignored them and said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He said, I just ignored them. He said, it's your belief in me that saved you. Not the performance that the church is trying to put on you. Not the performance of the religious of the day. He said, it's your faith that saved you. It's your faith that's allowed you to even be in the room. Come on, she just walked in. I'm reaching here, but she obviously, she just walked in there. She must have been there before. I'm going to let y'all connect the dots on that. We have to ignore the voices of the world and follow the voice of the Almighty. Psalm 23, verse 4 through 6 said, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know why I love this table? This table, this table pursued me. Every table I've ever sat at in my life, I had to, I had to pursue it. My friend's table, the Bible says if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. I got to make the phone calls. I got to pretend like I care <laughs> about all your mess that you got yourself into with your wife. Come on, but this table pursued me. He said, no, look, I invited you to this table knowing that you didn't deserve it, knowing that you did not earn it, knowing that you got issues. It's the thing I'm most thankful for in my life. So I didn't, I didn't on purpose, I did not plan this. This is a sound man's nightmare because I'm about to go get a, I'm about to go get a microphone right here. I told you I didn't know where we were going today. 
I better take my computer with me so I don't get way off track. It's 11.45. We're still going to be out of here. Bye. I can't make no promises. This, this church is full of people. It's full of people that church people have told they don't have a seat at the table. It's full of people that said, man, you're not good enough. I'm thankful for so many things in my life. I'm, th I'm thankful for this church who believed in me. I'm thankful for my former pastor that believed in me when nobody else saw nothing. I'm thankful for a board that hired me when I said, I don't have no resume. Like, truck works. That's all I got. I love Jesus. You should hire me. God told me you were supposed to hire me. That's all I know. That's all I know. I'm going to put Lael on the spot first because he's used to it. Come on, Lael. Take your seat at the table. Come on, Bobby. I'm going to put the men's group on, on blast. You know why I'm putting the men's group on blast? Because these, these are men that when we set the culture of the refuge, they had no place in the church. I'll be honest with you. They had no, come on, Jason. They had no place in the church. Come on, Cody. Most churches will look at some of these guys and be like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. They, can't, they ain't got a shot at, at God's table. They ain't got a shot at God's table. I don't know what I'm going to have you do with that, but I'm going to have you do something in a minute. <laughs> they are so nervous right now. Everybody who came up here and accepted their seat at God's table is going to have to speak. <laughs> They'll talk to him for a minute. Just tell him, just short. What are those things that the that the world told you didn't didn't? He's listening to. He loves my preaching. He's listening to it online, and he's and he's sitting in here. And he's trying to see himself on camera. He's trying to screenshot it. <laughs> just tell him for a minute, briefly. What's the things you've been through? I think that you, that, you would, that, that, that people would say, you don't, you don't belong at this table. I think just never feeling like, uh, never feeling like I was um, educated enough or um, never really being taken seriously. I mean, I think it's kind of sowed in me this, uh, this desire to almost overkill, you know what I mean, like, But it, but it broke my heart for, for people out there, you know. Pass the mic. Bobby, what, what habits, what habits does the world look at and say, man, I, can't, I ain't got a seat at the table? Man. I'm not trying to out you. I'm just saying. No, I got you. Um, come on, Miranda. Come on. It, it's crazy because, like, the world looks at people that 
I'm just going to say to do dope and stuff because that's big, especially in the community we live in. And people look at them as, as less than. Or people look at them as, and like Jason and I have talked about fears that, that the church is known for in the world. You know what I mean? Like, what do people in the world fear? Why don't they come to church? Because they fear being judged because I got high this morning. They fear being judged because not everybody dresses like me. Like, people have asked me, why do you wear your hat during service? Because I like to. Because I can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, man, this church, hmm. y'all will accept anybody. You accepted Jason. <laughs> <laughs> What's he talking about, Jason? Pick up the microphone. I, yeah, that was a good one. No, I mean, I look at my life and the things this church has brought me through, but just being real, last Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was in prison. And, like, if God can use me through, like, it was not really, it was stuff that I never really, like, read the Bible for myself, like, just read for what it says. And so, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, Tracy, the first day, you know, talked, it was just this love of this church that was like, man, you screwed up, so did Paul, so does, you know what I mean? So I just, I thank all you guys for your friendships and your commitment to this church and the community. All right, Cody. Let me, let me, let me change the question up on you. When you got here, did you feel like you had a seat at this table? Before you... This ain't the first church you came to. Did you feel like you were worthy to sit at God's table? To be honest, I figured, you know, I'd, I'd been to, I've been to many, many churches, poured my heart and soul into all of them, and they just, you know, throughout, throughout my life, they just would just push me away because of the decisions I made. And when I came, you know, when I was in Kansas and Miranda told me she started going to church. She's like, I want to go to church. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'll not set foot back in one. I refuse to. And she, something, she talked to me and told me to. And I did. And the first service I came to, Pastor Sam prayed for me. And ever since then, I've just been pursuing God even more and more and further and further. And knowing, you know, I, I reach people every day. I mean, I, you know, I drive a tow truck, so I get people who are down in the dumps every day. I run across people, and they're all, you know, oh, you know, I'm high, I'm high, I'm high. I'm like, that doesn't matter. God loves you no matter what you've done or where you've been. God's going to love you. So, and, you know, like Jason said, man, this is a church that I, I would rep this church and raise this church any day because just the love you can feel when you come in here, it is, it, it's amazing. It, it doesn't even feel like a church coming in here. It feels like coming home. Come on. Come on. I'm th I'm, I'm, is anybody else just thankful? I just want to be thankful today. I just, I don't, the sermon didn't flow like I thought it would. I have no idea what we're going, how we're going to end this up. I got an idea, but, man, I'm so thankful for my seat at the table. Miranda, what are you most thankful for, for your seat at the table that maybe you maybe you. I know you went through a season where you didn't feel like you were worthy to sit at the table, but what are you most thankful for? 
Well, for, well, first of all, um, God's grace and mercy that's renewed every day. I mean, that's the number one thing. But I'm also thankful for this church and the the Osbrooks and uh, my family that supported me in this last season that I went through because it was probably the hardest season that I went through. So that's that's probably what I'm most thankful for. Pass it down here. I'm gonna cry during this one because this is my sister and our family's hardcore and we've been through some stuff and we sit at tables and sometimes there's been seasons that we weren't doing what we thought we what the people at the table thought we should be doing and so we had we didn't have a seat at the table so what are you what are you most thankful for that you've been through that God still allows you to seat at the table so I grew up in church from ever since I can remember. And I was one of the, the few in my family that, that grew up in church. And uh, there's a lot of things gone through that um, always trying to do right, but we don't always make the right choices. But sometimes we don't realize we made the wrong choice until we make it. <laughs> um, for me, the, the hardest thing um, you know, I've had, uh, I've had some, some bad experiences with churches when I was all out living for God and have men of God remove me from the table for things that had nothing to do with me. Um, and then really getting off course. And for me, um, the shame of having multiple failed marriages and the church and tradition telling you that you no longer have a seat at the table for things that you had absolutely no control over. Um, and I thank God for this church. You know, Rocky is my brother, but Rocky is not the It's hard to I'm pastor here. your sister, by the way. I'm sure, it's hard for everyone to pastor me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, God woke me up one morning. I had been praying for years, for years, to give me a new church home. And I finally got frustrated and said, that's it. I'm not trying out one more church. When you're ready, you wake me up and you tell me where to go. And there was a Sunday morning that God woke me up. I sat straight up in bed, and I don't do that. I'm not a morning person. I sat straight up in bed, and I knew I needed to go to church. And I was arguing with the Lord in the shower. I pray in the shower, too. Um, um, I, I was arguing with the Lord where to go, and he kept saying Crosstown. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, I can't do that. And um, God said, I said, go. And I got here, and it was the morning that Brother Wesley resigned. And I had no idea that was going to happen. And I had no idea that Rocky was going to be the next pastor. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew, sitting about halfway back in this middle section, that this is where I was supposed to go. And... I knew that God was calling me back to things that I thought were dead, that I thought was never going to happen. And I have watched it not unfold exactly like I thought it would. But I thank God for every moment that I know that this is not just my home, but this is the place that I can see my community heal. God brought me back home 
to support my community and to know that I can be in a church that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are where you're from what you've done what you're doing what you're planning on doing it doesn't matter that we have a place that we can bring hurting people to and they can truly truly find a place of refuge and that gives me such joy in my heart i have always been a person that looked at other people maybe for potential not necessarily for where they were i think i've always seen people different and had a compassionate heart and the hardest thing for me is to know that I, that god wanted to do something in their life but if i brought them to church that church people were going to hurt them even more and that is so hard and it is such a struggle and i am so 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 thankful that I know that I can bring anyone into this place and they will be loved and accepted. And what greater gift do we have to receive than to know that we can freely share the love of God with others? Amen. Okay, next we got Jeanette. So, Miss Jeanette, if you have encountered Miss Jeanette, you know she's, you can sit down here. Uh, you know she's one of the sweetest ladies that you'll ever meet, in my opinion. Um, but there was a time, Sister Jeanette, where you had things that didn't, that, that people probably would have said disqualified you from this table. You know, talk about that for just a second. What do you, what are you most thankful for? Um, one, that you're never too old to be at this table. <laughs> Since I seem to be the oldest one sitting up here so far. <laughs> Come on, Tracy. We need some more. <laughs> I'm serious. I was I was thinking about calling you up anyway. So go on. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, you want to know what? Uh, you guys see me for who I am today, but you have no idea about my past. Um, I lived in the drug world for three years. <clears throat> um, put my children through a, a lot of hell. Uh, I uh, grew up a Catholic, but didn't really know anything about Jesus until I came to this church in 1996. Thank God for family, because even though I was never meant to, I never thought we were meant to even come to any kind of a church. We had family that continually asked us to come when we moved back here. Um, it doesn't happen in a day, and it doesn't happen in a year. It takes time. Um, the other thing I find uh, that is so important to me now is uh, my family my mother showed an awful lot of love, but I lost my mother when she was 59 years old, and my father didn't know how to love. And so uh, I married Ed when I was very young. I was 19. Uh, we did this uh, travel together, and I have found that we, more than anything, need to uh, step in boldly. We need to know our community, and we really just need to know the people that are in our church. Um, we all come from different walks in life, but if you do not share your walk with somebody, how are they going to know? How are they going to know? 
they see you, I see you as, ah, they've never had any problems at all. But I'm telling you, I think we all go through some kind of a problem. I don't care if you were raised always in church or if you have not been in this church. Like I said, we've been in this church since 1996. God has never called us to be anywhere else. And I have seen the greatest love ever in the last few months in this church. I have picked up my Bible more and learned about the love of Jesus Christ, not only to myself, but to step out and represent it to other people. Like I said, if you do not step out and love other people, how are they supposed to love you back? If they choose not to love you back, you want to know what? Then you move on to somebody else. But I'm telling you, your actions represent so much when it comes to God's love that even when you're having a bad day, you can take the time to stop and you can turn it around and you can move in a different direction. You want to know what? You choose. He helps you choose. He reminds you just how important you are in this, in this group, in these people, in this life. And, and we just have to learn to move on. And that's what I do every day. I'm just grateful anymore. I get up in the morning and I just thank God that I'm here again today. And I have an opportunity to make somebody's life different. I don't care if it's just a smile. I don't care if you hold somebody's hand or if you just give them a hug. That's what we're supposed to do. You want to know what? You can change an awful lot in a person's day. Choose to give them the opportunity so that when you give it to them, they give it to somebody else. Amen? Isn't that right? Amen. There you go. This, this next guy, this next guy loves the Lord. If you could just see his heart. If you could just see his heart. He ain't churchy, y'all. He ain't churchy. And if you're religious, he gonna, he gonna, make, he gonna make the hair on the back of your, your neck stand up. That's what I love about him, because he's just him. You want, man, this dude can pray over me anytime. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, man, I don't know, I don't know anything about this guy. He just showed up one day. But if you listen to him pray, he's been somewhere, he's got some word in him. He's he's sat at the table at some point. I don't know, I don't know what removed him from the table. I have no idea. I know he's got some issues. So does everybody at the table. Issues. Let me take my seat. Talk about my issues. We ain't got time for that today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Maurice. And just talk. Just talk real quick. We're going. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, Y'all know me as skateboard. <laughs> uh, it's it goes almost back real quick. About almost the most about a year ago. Uh, I was at the dope house on Fish Street down right behind your dad's job, there's a dope house, and that's where I was, and I was hungry, and I saw, I don't know if I went up there, it was either Lael, Cody, or Rod, and I was hungry, and they said, at seven o'clock, go down to Crosstown Ministries. I didn't know y'all changed to the refuge, and I, they fed me, and I felt comfortable, and then I went back out there, Now I'm gonna let y'all know, is I'm a slowly recovering addict, and I've been through some things and I'm still going through some things. My heart is big and I just, y'all see me everywhere and I didn't know that y'all watch me more than I've watched y'all. I be trying to pay attention to you guys, you feel me, and hide from you guys because I'm not churchy, you know, and you guys are everywhere. And I know the refuge, 
be guiding me, you know. They, 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 they park in traffic or I'm at Circle K right up the street. Hey, come here, you need something? Go down there, check that out, and I just go on skate. And it's just, I want to thank you guys for, I feel home here, man, no matter what. Whether I'm coming down, whether I'm going up, whether whatever the case is, you guys are here. You guys love me, and I and I'll be fine trying to do it, man. And on my own, it's not easy. But I have to tell you, it's not this church. It's a selective people, and I'm sorry, man. It's the it's the sons over there and Pastor Rocky that that keep me going every day, you know, because without them. I'd be back at the dope house, and I haven't been to that dope house within the last two months, and I thank God for myself, and that's a record. Come on, everybody's got a seat at God's table. I don't care if you walk in here and you just got high last night. You got a seat at God's table. We got to stop putting this qualification. We got to stop putting this qualification. On God's table. Go ahead, Sister Ashley. What are you most thankful for for your spot at God's table? I'm thankful for the truth. I mean, you cannot, I cannot, nothing you can do can keep you from the truth. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there are a million things that you think in your mind, you know, because you're like looking at you more than you're looking at the truth with the God, Father and his word and, and the love that surrounds you no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, this table just represents your life in general and how when you come to the Lord, there's nothing that, I mean, just like the scripture, there's nothing that keeps you from God's love. And the truth in that is just like, you know, just makes you want to pass out in his presence, and that's what that was. Just fall out with thankfulness because nothing separates me from the love of God. And I'm, I mean, I grew up in church. My dad was the deacon, whatever. My mom is, was here all the time before, you know. Anyway, she's still here and with us. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I grew up in church I from the beginning. And we always had Bible study at my house. I've told you guys, some of you this before. But, like, the truth in God's word was not made real to me until I started studying it for myself. And then, and then it was like, wow, okay, yes, Lord, yes. <laughs> so, on. you know, I make mistakes all the time. Who doesn't? But yeah. God and the truth is always there. Come so. on. See, some of these people, you would go, oh, I love Ashley. The joy of the Lord's all over her. She's a great person. I could see that she's got a spot at the table. I, mean, I didn't think nothing about I, I don't know if I don't know if Cody and Maurice, like, I don't know. We're putting qualifications on God's table. I've been a part. I've been a part of that qualification process. I'll be honest with you. When they asked me to pastor this church, it's like, I don't believe in the church no more. I don't believe in what the church is about anymore. We're just, we're just condemning people, man. We're just trying to police people. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't, want, I don't want to be a part of making people feel horrible every time they walk in the doors. I don't want to be a part of that. I can't do it. I've been on one side, and so I told this board, Tracy was one of them. I said, man, 
okay, God told me to pastor the church. I said, look. I said, I'll pastor the church, but we're going to have to sit down because God showed me specifically what I'm supposed to do. It would be easier to do it somewhere else. It's easier to begin culture than change culture. So, man, we just, it'd just be easier just to start over. Like, I'm not. So, so let me submit what God's told me. If you want me to do it here, it's going to take a lot of work, take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But I'm willing. And man, God, God's went before us so many times in this whole process. God's brought people. About the time I get nervous about one person stepping down from a position, he replaces them with somebody else, and we just keep moving forward. Tracy, what are you most thankful about? Not, it don't have to be the church. It's just you and your relationship with God. What are you most thankful about for your seat at God's table? Well, while I was sitting here, um, God kept telling me about the doubter. When I started this journey, I was in seventh, uh, seventh grade and I got saved. And I remember that night driving home and... and Satan was like, you really didn't mean it, you know. And then I woke up the next morning thinking some, some bad things, you know, just like we all do, or, or at least I did. And then he said, see, you didn't mean it. And I think that uh, I've always doubted a lot. If, if you, um, I'm pretty confident in some things, but when it comes to religion and salvation, I was a doubter. Um, as I grew in this, um, God kept dealing with me. It, it got to Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And, um, and I, I didn't do that. I did, the Holy Spirit never took me over and just flopped me on the floor or just started babbling things. So I always, uh, I doubted that part. And through life, God showed me several people and got people to speak into my life and said, the world needs what you have and what we have. I'm talking about the doubter. I'm not talking about me. It's not, this ain't about me. And so I've always doubted things. Um, but then God's slowly, this is what God said I need. I need people like this that are real in this end times. And through that, I've stepped back, let Jesus take over. As NetNet said, man, love on some people. Even when you don't feel like it, and God will take over. And when you walk out of the room, they're going to talk about you, that something's different than it is. It's Jesus in you. And again, I don't know how old NetNet is, but I wake up now every day trying not to waste a second so I'm here for the doubter uh, just remember people need what you got people need what you got when pastor talked about being saved once saved always saved I used to think that was hypocritical but just like the song says then what was the cross for? Did he die for every one of your sins or just a few of them? And so, no, we're not worthy. 
but everybody's worthy of sitting at this table. Everyone. Come on. So I asked the guys to pass out communion cups this morning. I didn't know whether I was going to do this or not, but I'm just, I told you it was going to be different today. It's not your polished, flowing, it's not the normal thing. I'm just, just trying to share the heart of God today. We all got reasons where we shouldn't be at this table. I got reasons. I got reasons today where I shouldn't be able to sit at the pastor's table. And when I came to God, I thought I had it all figured out. I'll fix myself. I'll work hard. Got myself in a mess. In ministry, failing. People that I loved and honored, I was never good enough. Could never. I I earned a seat in the congregation, but never at the table. Because the table, the table was unreachable. Because I had, I had sin issues, and I was, I never feel good enough to sit at the table. Jesus sat at a table one time with the one that was about to betray him, and he knew it, and he let him eat. He not only let him eat, he said, you sit beside me. You sop out of the same bowl. So not only, not only you gonna eat, you're gonna eat exactly what the king's eating. Not only are you gonna eat, you can have my portion. Sop your bread in the same. And he said, and after he did it, he said, do what, he said, do what you gotta do. While he was sitting at that table, he said, they had communion. And he said, this is my bread. It represents my body, which is broken for you. And he said, he said, break the bread. And remember, in my, in my translation, remember that I did this took the beating for your spot at the table. I took the beating. I'd do it all over again so everybody would have a spot at the table. So I just want us to take this morning. I want you to take take the wafer. It just peels out of the top of these. We had these before COVID. I'm just saying. They're COVID friendly, but that thing he said do in remembrance of me I think I think sometimes as church people we forget we forget when we were not quite churchy yet forget when we had no business being at the king's table because after a while we get trained and we get religious and we go oh, now, now 
I've earned a spot at the table. And he said, no, it was always a free gift. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. So, I'm always, so what's that thing? I want you to break the bread this morning, the wafer that looks like plastic. It's a rice wafer. And I want you to take the bread this morning and remember what he did for you. body was broken for your healing physically, spiritually emotionally he said and then the blood represents the salvation the blood that was poured out for us again so we can sit at this table today I shook it because I'm a preacher it's all over me on whoever's white uh, thing this is will you hand me a napkin please my hands full. Okay. Praise God. And he said, take the blood and remember that I died. I sacrificed everything so that you could have a spot at the table. He said, come and do this often. Communion. Come to the table and say, man, I remember, but when we come to the table with performance, when we come to the table with all of our qualifications, we're only focused on our right at the table and earning a right at the table. But he said, just remember, you didn't have to earn it. It's a free gift. So in remembrance of the fact that, remembering the fact that he died for you, and didn't you take the grape juice representation of his of his blood shed for you. Now here's what I gotta do this morning. I have an obligation as a minister of the gospel. If you're in here today and you don't feel good enough to sit at this table, here's what God showed me, and I hope I can explain it because I didn't write it down. Communion represents community. Do this often, sit around the table with our fellow believers and remember what he did for us. And then we are all to go out and offer that same seat at the table to those in our lives that we know need it, those in our lives that are at a mess, those that can't quite figure it out. Guess what? Our message has to be, I ain't got it figured out either. you have a seat at the table so if you're here today and you say Pastor Rocky I've never never accepted my seat at the table but I want to if we have more than nine we'll get up and make room for you
but everybody should feel worthy of a spot at God's table not because you're good enough not because you earned it but because it's your inheritance because he died so you could have it so if you're here today say pastor I never took that seat at my table at God's table would you come sit with us would you come sit with us it's not about it's not about a prayer it's about your heart it's about fighting through your addictions fighting through your faults and so you know what I believe what you said today I want to take my seat at the table would you come sit with us today Maybe you're that one. Maybe you're that one that once had a seat at the table, once knew who you were, and then for whatever reason, you chose to get up and leave the table. You say, I want to be reseated. I want to take my seat back. The world convinced me that I couldn't sit at God's table anymore, that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't, I couldn't measure up to the stigma of sitting in the church chairs and all the things that I had to do and I had to be able to do if that's you today and you say God I just want to return back to your table it's been a while since I've just sat across from the table and didn't have to perform for you didn't have to pray all I got to do is receive so when you're a little kid and your mom and daddy's preparing Thanksgiving lunch. Most of you, all you got to do is sit down at the table and eat. And that's how God's table is. He said, look, look, I've got things that I've prepared for you. If you're living a life that you know that God doesn't, God has more for you. It's because you're not sitting at the table. Return back to the table. If you walked away from the table, I'm asking you to return back to your seat. Even those people that walked away, here's the powerful thing, just like the prodigal. Even those people that chose not to sit at the table anymore. As soon as you choose to sit at the table again and say, God, I believe you. I choose to believe again. Immediately, God does this. Here, take my seat. Here, take my seat. Because my son died for you to be able to sit at this table. Not because you earned it. Not because of your performance, but rather because I desired for you to sit at my table. Stand to your feet all over this place today. I need some people. I need some people praying with these that came down right here. Come on, Holly. Come on, Bev. Come on, Erica. Would you come pray with us today? Come on, at this table, it's a family table. 
It's a family table and it's not, it's not like our families where you have to live up to the expectation of the name of the, of the family or the rules. It's just, God said, I desire. Here's what it says in Revelation 3, verse 20, verse 321. It says, look at me, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. Here's what he promises. He says, conquerors will sit alongside of me at the head of the table just as I have. Having conquered, having took the place of honor on the right side of my father, that's my gift to the conquerors. It's about the heart, but when we confess with our mouth, things start to activate. That's the confession. That's the power of, of praying that prayer. Because I'm not. I'm. Ever had that thing that you thought you wanted to do, but it didn't. It never really happened until you put yourself out there and spoke that that's what you wanted to do. That's the. That's the power of the confession prayer. Because I'm. I'm praying John ten ten. I'm activating angels on my behalf and they're preparing my table for me. They got my favorite meal here. They got, it's just for me. There's no black sheep at this family. We're all equal. We're all equal. From Lael to Bobby to Jason to Melissa to Maurice, this is an equal table. Because this table's not based upon how good we pray or how much scripture we know. This table is based upon one thing and one thing alone. That Jesus died for your seat at the table. John 3.16 said, I gave my son so that you can sit at my table. This table has no prerequisites. There's no contingencies on this table. There's nobody who can kick you out of this table. There's nobody who can hold this chair over your head and say you only get to sit down after you've prayed for an hour. You only get to sit at God's table after you know five scriptures verbatim, after you know this, after you can do this, after you can no longer smoke marijuana or do whatever the things you're doing, after you no longer are drinking alcohol and all the things. Can I tell you? I called Lel because the scripture blew my mind the other day. Mark, can you put John 16 verse 9 up? I'll never forget the scripture as long as I live. John 16 verse 9. Church, we've made, the term sin is just to miss the mark. We've made sin about habits. When John 16, 9, if y'all can find that, that's fine. It doesn't matter. John 16, 9 tells us what the sin of the world is. One scripture. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Because all you have to do to sit at this table is believe. 
you like six scriptures today. All you have to do to sit at God's table is believe. T.D. Jake said it this way. I quote it all the time. He said, when I got saved, Jesus delivered me from the consequences of sin. As I'm walking this thing out, he's delivering me every day from the habits of sin. And one day when I walk into glory, he'll deliver me from the presence of sin. What's that mean? We're all missing the mark, but we all have a seat. We all have a seat. I want you to know, even if you didn't come up here today, God is knocking. This this seat pursues you. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if you'll open the door, I'll come sit at your table. He didn't say we had to walk into the Holy of Holies and sit at his table. The fact that Jesus comes and sits at our table daily is the, is the, is the reason why we are allowed to sit at the, at the table of God, which is the throne at the right hand of the Father is where you're seated. And we're talking about God's table, talking about, he said we're, we're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father beside Jesus, right? That's God's table. But how do we get there by allowing Jesus to come sit at our table? He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's metal. It's not wood, but you get what I'm saying. I'm just begging you. You don't have to come up and be churchy and put yourself out there. If God's knocking on the door of your heart, maybe it's online today. If God's knocking on the door of your heart, open it up and let him in. Believe. Church, if we don't believe anything else, My passion is that everybody who walks in the doors of this church believes that they're worthy of sitting at the table. That's my life's mission, to make sure everybody knows whether you got issues or not, whether you think, whether the the world looks at you and thinks you got it figured out or not. Everybody has a seat at the table. was different today but let's pray Father I thank you I thank you God for what you did here today I know it was in our mind it was unorthodox that's exactly how you are about the time we think we got you figured out God you blow our minds again and you do it again God I'm so thankful for these people that accepted their inheritance accepted their seat at your table today that opened up the door of their hearts and allowed you to come into their life. God, as you break bread with them, as you eat with them, may they know, God, that you're with us always and that we are worthy regardless of our performance. Father, I thank you. I thank you for an opportunity to be used this morning. I thank you for the salvations this morning ones that came down and the ones that will raise your hand if on the line there's a way to raise your hand if you gave your life to Jesus we want to connect with you God we thank you in Jesus name we pray this morning amen